Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Deep Dives with Dively. I am your host, Trenton George Dively. So glad to be back with you guys. If you guys have not seen my most recent episode on my recent hiatus on why I have been gone and etc., please check that out. It's one of the most recent episodes. Um, but that was more of a life update. Now I get to do stuff like talk about sports, talk about what I've missed, talk about fantasy sports, talk about my sports betting. Oh, baby, it's going to be a great old time. It's going to be a great old time. So hmm, what should I start with first? You know what? Hmm. Let's start off. Let's start off with the young season of college basketball, which if you did not know, College basketball is probably my favorite sport, like, season. College basketball is so electric. It is just, it's it's college football level energy. Okay, now, let, let me take a step back because some people might dog me for that. It's near college football level energy. It's the same premise of, like, oh, my college versus your college, you know? But with basketball, and I just, I don't know why. Basketball, there's so many more electric plays. Within those within those forty minutes of gameplay, there's more. I don't know. There seems to be a little little heavier rivalries sometimes. Um, anything can happen on any given Saturday. I mean, it's the same thing with college football, but you know, um, tournaments that happen, conference play, um, postseason. That's what puts college basketball my number one, in my opinion. College basketball postseason has the best postseason out of any sport anywhere. Well, let me let me take a step back. I think the World Cup's probably better. World Cup's awesome. But besides that, March Madness is peak sports. Peak sports. It's so fun. So fun to watch. Everybody loves March Madness. Like, you can't not love March Madness. March Madness is so fun. Uh, obviously I have episodes up about March Madness. It's just, it's just so much fun. Um, so let's talk about some of my teams and how they're doing. And then just a look at the college, college basketball landscape as a whole. So first off, if I can pull it up, geez, Louise, not baseball, freaking basketball. Jeez, Louise. Okay. Water break real quick. So. Let's talk about. We'll talk about Kansas first. Because Kansas. Still very near and dear to my heart. But obviously I go to another college now. Not that I went to Kansas. Um, but still very near and dear to my heart. Still have family members that go to Kansas. Family members that went to Kansas. My parents went to Kansas. I've got cousins that go to Kansas. Um, so they are currently ranked number one in the nation, um, obviously with transfer Hunter Dickinson in, and a lot of the starting lineup from last year still available. Um, the only two lo big losses we lost were Grady Dick and Jalen Wilson, who are both now in the NBA. So very solid start to the season. Beat NC Central, beat Manhattan. Uh, beat Kentucky in the Champions Classic, and then beat Chaminade in the first round of the uh, Maui Invitational, which is a stacked Invitational. 
You've got Tennessee, Marquette, Purdue, Gonzaga, UCLA, and Chaminade. Stacked Invitational. Just ridiculous. Um, and then lost to Marquette last night and then beat Tennessee today. So um, looking pretty solid. The Marquette game was just terrible. Uh, tons of turnovers. Terrible shooting. Uh, but props to Marquette, though. Marquette's defense, holy cow. I have, I have legitimately never seen a team just play so fast and aggressive on defense and then convert it into offense. It is legitimately scary at the place, the, at the pace these guys were playing with. So props to them for it. Like it was, like I said, legitimately scary to see how quickly they were moving. So kudos to Marquette. Kudos to Marquette. Um, we have, so yeah, Jayhawks are looking pretty solid. Uh, they start conference play in January. January 1st is when they start conference play, but they have some pretty solid non-conference games leading up to that. They play UConn, the previous national champ, versus the previous, previous national champ, so that'll be kind of cool. UConn's ranked 5th, too. My assumption is after this tournament, Kansas will probably drop to... My assumption, uh, Purdue won the Maui Invitational, and they're 2. I'm assuming Purdue's going to go to 1. Marquette might go to 2. Um, I honestly don't know who's third in college basketball right now. Let me give me a second. I'm gonna look at this. Let me look at the current standings. Uh, just give me. Uh, this sucks. Rankings. My bad. So, it goes: KU, Purdue, Arizona, Marquette, UConn. Um. So my assumption is KU will probably drop to three or four. Arizona, they have an interesting game against Michigan State tomorrow. If they can pull that off in a pretty decent fashion, um, I would assume that Arizona might go up a tier. Um, so my assumption is Purdue will go to one. Get this ad out of my face. Purdue will go to one. Marquette will probably go to two. Arizona will probably stay at three. KU will go to four. I could see KU dropping to five and UConn going to four, though. Um, KU still is a great team. They just did not have a good game against Marquette. But knowing the AP poll, they will probably drop a pretty decent amount. So, um, so yeah, that's really cool to see them doing good. A really interesting one right now is... The men's, Tulsa men's Golden Hurricane team. Uh, last year, for background, the Golden Hurricanes went 5-25. Um, and 25. Terrible. Absolutely god-awful. Like, atrocious. 5-25 um, and 25 is just horrible. Um, my mic's tweaking. Sorry about that. 5-25. and 25. Their entire lineup this year is transfers. Transfers and a freshman. Um, and it's a pretty stacked lineup, a new coach. They're looking pretty solid. They're off to a 4-0 start. Not against anybody crazy. I will say that. Not against anybody ridiculous. And they haven't gone on the road yet. That is another thing. They have not played a game on the road yet. Um, their next two games are on the road. So they had they beat Central Arkansas at home 70 to 53, beat Incarnate Word. 85-71, beat Jackson State, 72-52, and 
and then South Carolina State, 90 to 70. Um, the team's looking very solid. Like I said, the starting lineup is pretty great. Really great guys. Um, so I would keep an eye on the Tulsa team. I tell you what, they're looking, they're looking good. Um, sorry, my mic. Um, and some of the people within the conference are not looking as good. So <laughs> we might, we might just sneak up on them. You never know. Um, and the beauty of college basketball is you could have the worst, most god awful regular season, but if you make a make a little run, make a little make a little make a little run there in the in the postseason, you could go a little bit. You could go a little farther. So, um, I mean, you legitimately think of it this way: you could lose all of your regular season games. Let's say your conference tournament has four rounds. Let's say five rounds because you're a lower seed. Five rounds within your conference tournament. You could lose all your games during the regular season. If you win five games straight, you're in the March Madness tournament. And then if you win, what is it, eight games straight during that tournament, you win the national championship. Obviously, that is unheard of. But given how college basketball works, it is physically possible. You can't you can't get that in the NFL. If you lose all your games in the NFL, guess what you get? The first overall pick. In college basketball, you could lose all your games in the regular season and then make a little run and boom. You're cooking. So that's the beauty of college basketball. Um I'm excited to watch them play though. And the the women's team is also doing pretty good. Um they're 3 and 1. They just lost to ORU recently. Um but it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun season to watch these boys play. It really is. So, um, like I said, off to a solid start. Four and zero. That's pretty solid. They play at Little Rock this Saturday, and then a week after that, they play at Oral Roberts. Um, I might end up going to that game. Whew, never mind. Tickets are actually pretty stout. Tickets as low as forty six dollars. Jeez Louise. Hey oh. Hello, jeez. I don't know. It's an in-town rivalry. It makes sense. It makes sense. Um, it makes sense. The women's game was pretty packed, I heard. So, it makes sense. So, college basketball's out of the way. How about we go on to regular basketball? <laughs> regular basketball. There's no such thing. Professional basketball. Let's talk about the lovely, dovely National Basketball Association. Um, and let's talk about the OKC Thunder because man, they're making me smile. They really are. They like, I'm just so happy watching this team. Um, so the Thunder currently are back in the mix. I'll say they're back in the mix. Um, last year, just barely missed the cut for playoffs. Actually. Yeah, just barely. Um, they got into the play in games but they were one of the teams that had to win two in a row. So they beat the Pelicans, and then if they beat the Timberwolves, they make make it to the playoffs. They did not beat the Timberwolves. The Timberwolves beat the Thunder. So the Timberwolves played the Nuggets and then lost the Nuggets. Water break. So here's a current look at the depth chart of the Oklahoma City Thunder. And it's just such 
It's just this team has so much potential for growth, too. It's crazy. Shea Gilgis Alexander, SGA, whatever you want to call him. I just call him Shea. Um, who is currently, let's look at his stats. Last season, I think he finished third in points per game. Currently sixth in po- points per game. 51st in rebounds per game and 18th in, pers- in assists per game. He's averaging about 36-6 and six, um, as the starting point guard for the OKC Thunder. Josh Giddy. Still a stud. I will say he's honestly off to a rough start compared to his previous seasons, which is scary. If this team is winning and Giddy's not playing at his full potential, yikes, you better watch out. Um, still averaging pretty solid numbers, though. He's averaging about 12, 5, and 5. Um, so a very solid role player on the starting uh, five. Similar with Lugens Dort. Um, he's only averaging about 12, four and one, but he's a defensive beast. Um, if you don't know, his nickname is the Dorcher Chamber just because he clamps, he clamps these brothers. These brothers getting clamped. J-Dub. Jalen Williams out of Santa Clara. Such a freaking stud. He was uh, rookie of the year runner up last year behind Paulo Bancaro. Um, he's currently averaging about 18, 4, and 4. Um, he's a stud. He's had some crazy, I think he had a 30-point game at one point. Let me look around here. First game he had 22. Against the Suns he had 31. And then against the Hawks he had 21. Um, so he's consistently playing like a beast. And then, so it's so awesome to have him officially playing on the OKC Thunder right now. Lovely, lovely Chet Holmgren. A lot of speculation on if he would be legit, um, especially after he tore his Achilles. Like, before he tore his Achilles, everybody was like, ah, fraud, fraud, fraud. Then he tore his Achilles, and everybody was like, yep, fraud. Made a glass. But this dude is balling right now. He's averaging 17, 8, and 3. Um, and he is shooting. This is the one, this is the thing I need to pull up. His shooting is ridiculous. From field goal, 56, 56.5%. From three point, 46.0. From free throw, 90.7. He's a 50, 40, 90 guy. Um, his three point shooting is honestly what sets him apart right now. Um, it just allows the floor to kind of open up. He honestly, Chet reminds me less of a center and more of a Kevin Durant style player. Like, kind of built the same too. Like, Chet can get the boards, sure. But like his shooting and then like his mid-range jumper and stuff like that, that can that's kind of what can like, you know, the defenses aren't completely buying into it yet just because they don't want to buy into, oh, let me guard him on the perimeter. Because slower guard, uh, slower centers, guys like, hmm, let me think, Nikola Vucevic. Um, man, I'm trying to think of some other centers kind of like that. Just, you know, your non-athletic centers, like centers that play truly in the paint. Um, you're not going to see guys like, Joel Embiid and Nikola Jokic purely play in the paint. Those guys can spread out. Same with Chet, and that's what makes him dangerous right now. And then just to kind of list off a couple of the uh, guys on the bit, 
bench. Cason Wallace, rookie, he's been balling up. Uh, Jalen Williams, uh, the other Jalen Williams, he's a very solid center. Um, obviously kind of held it down at center last year since Chet was gone. Um, Isaiah Joe, a freaking sniper. I want to pull up this dude's stats. He's currently averaging 10-2-1, uh, but his three-point shooting is just ridiculous. Bro, this year he is averaging 50% from three-point range. Currently, we're only 14 games into the season. He's shot 78 threes and made 39 of them. That's 117 points off of threes alone. He's only scored 27 other points, 13 of which were free throws. So 14 other points in the lane. Other than that, he's popping threes from the perimeter. No beating around the bush. Bro is just, he's popping threes from the perimeter. So uh, he's definitely a perimeter shooter. It makes him very dangerous. I think they're actually playing the Bulls right now as as we speak. Um, I actually want to look at the box score for that real quick. We're winning 98-92 with 514 left in the fourth. Um, Shea's leading the team right now with 30 points. Chet's got 14. Isaiah Joe off the bench has 16 points. Four three-pointers. He's a bucket. He's a bucket. So, I love Isaiah Joe. Uh, you've also got Osumane Jiang. And uh, I can't pronounce his first name, but everybody just calls him Michich. Um, he's, he's, he's kind of a stud. He's kind of a stud. Um, I don't know how in the heavens he is listed as a rookie. Because he was drafted back in 2014. But he's technically a rookie, even though he's 29. I have no clue. But he's kind of hooping. He's kind of hooping. Not a, not an insane guy. But he's doing all right. Aaron Wiggins, Kenrick Williams, Davis Bertans. Um, so we're looking very solid right now. I love it. Um, that being said... We're 10 and freaking 4. Last time we were 10 and 4 was when we had Westbrook and KD, and we ended up winning 59 games. I'm not saying we are going to win 59 games, but man, it's kind of looking like we could make a pretty decent playoff push. I'm just saying. So, I would not be surprised if we make it to the playoffs. I would not be surprised if we win our first round of the playoffs. In fact, as a Thunder fan myself, I would not be surprised if we made a little playoff run. If we made a little push to the conference finals, who knows? Maybe getting overzealous. But maybe the OKC Thunder make it back into the NBA finals. Call me crazy. But 10 and 4 through the first 14. I don't want to jinx it, but it's looking like 11 and 4 through the first 15. It's very solid. Um, wins against the Bulls, Cavs lost to the Nuggets, wins against the Pistons, lost to the Pelicans, Warriors on a Bull crap call. Wins against the Hawks, Cavs, lost to the Kings, wins against the Suns, Spurs, Warriors, Warriors, Blazers. Looking, I sh I don't want to say anything, but a lead against the Bulls right now. So, OKC Thunder are looking magnificent. Honestly, probably one of, out of all of my personal sports teams, probably one of my favorite to watch because they are so young and promising. And there's no, like, intense pressure on them. It's like, okay. If you don't do great, that's fine. 
It's not like we were shooting for a championship. Obviously, missing the playoffs would be kind of disappointing. But Sam Presti knows how to fix stuff. And we also still have like a thousand first round picks. That's the scary part about this team. We have we have this team right now that could make a push for the playoffs and maybe a playoff run. And we still have a rebuilding ability. Like, dude, we could end up having all-stars on our bench. Like, it could be that dangerous. I don't know. So it it could it could be it could be crazy. So We'll have to see how things go. We'll have to see how things go. Let's talk about the can actually let's talk about college football first. I'll give a brief overview of TU's football team. Not a great season at all. Uh currently I think we're three and eight with one game left to play in the season. Missed bowl eligibility. Some of those games were super close. I will say that. Tulane field goal game. Uh Charlotte overtime loss. North Texas one score game. FAU field goal game. Um, I'm trying to think. I don't know. So it's been a rough season. We've kind of had an issue at quarterback. We've had some severe defensive issues. Next season, though, always looking towards next season. Great wide receiver core. Um, a stud quarterback in Cardell Williams, if he can stay healthy. In the games where Cardell played a full game or close to full game, we won which is only three games. He played the majority of the UAP ga- a UAPB game. We won that one. We He played the majority of the, uh, actually played all of the Northern Illinois game. We won that one. He played all of the Temple game. We slaughtered Temple. Even in games where we were getting our butts kicked, like the OU game and the Washington game, when he was on the field, the offense was different. It was truly a different offense. Um, so... I'm I hope he is the starter next year and his backup should be freshman walk on Kirk Francis from Metro Christian. He's a stud too, just not as athletic as Cardell is. Cardell just kind of has that pass first run second ability. Um just can kind of on third and fourth down just extend the play, I guess. Extend the play and scramble if needed. Um plus he um he can just throw dots, too. He can find the open man and throw dots. Let's talk about KU football. Sounds so weird to say, but they're actually doing really great this season. 7-4 and four with one game left to play. Losses to Texas, not surprising. Unfortunate one game, one score loss to OSU in OSU. Uh, weird loss to Texas Tech. And then a really just, uh, we played K-State, really just kind of shot ourselves in the foot there more than anything. Um, we had a muff punt, a picks, uh, pick in the end zone. Um, there was something else there. I think a fumble in the red zone. Um, so just really shooting ourselves in the foot there more than anything. Um, not a terrible season, though. A win better than last season, last season currently. Could be two wins better than last season. Going to a bowl game. Ranked in the college football playoff rankings for the first time in program history. Um, was ranked a considerable amount of time off and on. Um, currently middle of the pack in the Big 12. 
Um, but it, I mean, it's just crazy that at one point it looked like KU could go to the Big Twelve championship. Obviously, that's not the move anymore. Um, but for a hot second there, we could have snuck in. We could have snuck in. So hopefully they beat Cincinnati next week. Um, they've been on backup quarterback Jason Bean, who is still a stud. So just watch out because a lot of the pe- a lot of the starters are returning, and we'll have Jalen Daniels hopefully healthy all next season. It's going to be a dangerous team to play against. Most of these guys probably will also not go to the draft, respectfully. Um, maybe Devin Neal. Because he's kind of a stud. Devin Neal is a stud. But he's a junior. Hopefully, the program at Kansas is so tight, like a brotherhood, that hopefully Devin Neal is just like, no, I want to win a chip with these guys. Not a chip. Jeez. I want to I do more with these guys. I mean, who knows? With the expanded uh, playoff format coming next season? Maybe. But hopefully Devin Neal sticks around. So that's college football. Let's talk about the Kansas City Chiefs. Doing pretty solid. Doing pretty solid. Lost to the Lions. Beat the Jags, Bears, Jets, Vikings, Broncos, Chargers. Lost to the Broncos. Very weird. W against the Dolphins. Lost to the Eagles recently on Monday Night Football. Um, Defense is just crazy. I, it's so surprising how good this defense is right now. And it's it's literally it's the weirdest thing on earth. I was watching the Monday night football game and I'm like, I'm excited to watch the defense play. Like I'm legitimately excited to like see how the defense does against the Eagles. And they did very solid only letting up the highest scoring. The, the Eagles are the highest scoring team. The third highest scoring team in the NFL. I believe they're averaging like 38 points a game to hold them to 21 is pretty substantial. But if your offense can only put up 17 with Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, I don't know what's been going on with Kelsey. First off, I don't want to talk about Taylor Swift. Okay? If if she is legitimately the issue, break up with her. I do not care, my brother in Christ. Legitimately. If if she is why you are like playing like trash, either get her tickets to every single game you ever play or break up with her. You got you got to lock in, bro. Um, and then the wide receiver core. I, just, I don't even know. Like, it's just, it's, that MVS drop hurts my heart because he's so great. If he's able to get that open, he's a great wide receiver. But, bro, you cannot drop that. I mean, I really, we just, we do, we need a star wide receiver. That's what we need. We need a top 10, maybe even just 15 wide receiver. I mean, seriously, let's just look at the NFL stats. Let's just look at NFL stats. Let's just look at receiving leaders. Any one of these guys would probably be fine. I would legitimately take Puka Nakua. Give me Puka Nakua. Give me Mike Evans. Give me Amari Cooper. Give me Adam Thielen. I would take Nico Collins. I love Garrett Wilson. DeAndre Hopkins. Hello. Like, bro, I I would I would take Marquise Brown. Give me Michael Thomas, bro. Tyler Lockett. 
Jalen Waddle, Zay Flowers, George Pickens. Give me that, brother. It does not have to be a top five wide receiver. We don't need a Stefan Diggs. We don't need a DJ Moore. We don't need, I mean, having Tyreek back would be awesome right now. We'd, I mean, there'd be no doubt we're winning the championship. We don't need an A.J. Brown. We don't need a C.D. Lamb. Just give us someone reliable. Okay? Kelsey, he's he's just kind of been off recently. I don't know what it is. Just not his same self, though. I don't know. Hopefully we bounce back after this loss against the Eagles. Hopefully it kind of kicks us into gear. But um, I'm not worried. But it could turn to worry pretty quickly. I will say that. I'm What I'm hoping is, as a team, we get all the crap out of our system now so that when it matters the most in the playoffs, we're locked in. Get all the drops out of our system now. Get all the crappy games out of our system now. Because in the divisional round, wild card, AFC Championship, Super Bowl, you can't you can't do crap like that. It'll cost you the game and your season. It's as simple as that. So um but the NFL as a whole, because this is this is one of the few things I will talk about is the NFL as a whole. Um other sports, I don't know why I just don't talk about them as a whole much. Um plus there's almost a little too much to talk about when it comes to like college sports. NBA I kind of could talk about, but it's so early in the season that it's kind of useless. Um, let's look at the standings in the NFL real quick. So the Ravens are back in the mix, which I personally love because my favorite era of Mahomes football was those years where he would play the Ravens, uh, like those Lamar Jackson versus Mahomes matchups on like Monday night, Sunday night. So much fun to watch. Um, everybody thought that was going to be the AFC championship years on end. And then they literally never, never even played each other in the playoffs. So I'm hoping that maybe this is the year. I don't care if it's divisional round. I would prefer it to be AFC championship. Um, I think that'd be awesome if they played each other in the playoffs. So Jags looking solid in their division. Dolphins kind of maybe a little fraudulent, not terribly, but a little fraudulent every now and then. Uh, just, they can kick, like, butts when it comes to teams under 500. But teams that are, like, semi-decent to great, they struggle against. So, I don't know. Dolphins are solid, though. Not not terribly fraudulent. Like, the fraud percent, I would say, is like a 3% fraud. 3% fraud. Cleveland Browns sneaking up on us. Having one of the best defenses in the NFL. Not a terribly potent offense, though. And they're having some issues at quarterback. Uh, but still enough to get the job done. So, man, I would take Amari Cooper. I mean, come on now. Houston Texans. Woo! I love this. I love the Houston Texans just doing great. It's actually really cool to watch. Um, They're doing great. CJ Stroud could seriously. I think he is front runner for MVP. He's a stud right now. Uh, Nico Collins, Tank Dell, all those guys over there in Houston. They're just balling up right now. It's kind of crazy. Six and four. And then the fraudulent Pittsburgh Steelers. How are these guys in here? Six and four. They're in the playoff picture. 
Um, they just fired Matt Canada, though. So who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows what could happen? Dang. Shea dropped 40. They're about to win. Sweet. Now let's look at the NFC. Philly in first, obviously. Detroit looking very, very solid, I will say. I worry for them when it comes to their conference games. Like the Bears this past, uh, when was it? Past Sunday. <laughs> Barely won that one. Uh, so I don't know. When it comes to their conference games, that's where I'm going to start to worry a little bit. But other than that, I think they'll do all right. I think they'll do all right. They've got Packers this Thanksgiving, which I will talk about the Thanksgiving sports here in a second because it's the most wonderful time of the year, besides Mark Madness. Saints, Bears, Broncos, Vikings, Cowboys, Vikings. I think they'll beat the Packers, struggle against the Saints, but beat the Saints in Chicago. I think they could choke that game. Versus the Broncos, I could think they could lose that game. At the Vikings, I think they could lose that game. At the Cowboys, I think they could lose that game. Versus the Vikings, they could lose that game. So I don't know. I think they maybe drop like two or three more games. Who knows? San Francisco. A non-injured San Francisco team wins a Super Bowl. And a barely injured San Francisco team struggles to win. That's the bottom line. If one star on the San Francisco team is injured, mainly being Christian McCaffrey, Fred Warner, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, or Brock Purdy, if any of those guys are injured, watch out. But if all of them are healthy, oh, baby, watch out. Dallas Cowboys looking pretty strong, looking pretty strong. Obviously, Trayvon Diggs out for the rest of the season. Very unfortunate. Seattle Seahawks. Just kind of riding the wave right now. Same with the Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota Vikings kind of snuck in. Uh, New Orleans Saints, winners of their division. So they're technically in the playoff picture. So weird, but whatever. So we love the NFL. God bless it. God bless it. Um, what should we talk about first? Let's talk about, let's talk about Thanksgiving sports. It's the most freaking wonderful time of the year. Besides March Madness, ladies and gentlemen. Actually, you know what? Let's give a full breakdown. March Madness is the best time of the year for sports, in my opinion. You've you've still got college. Obviously, college basketball is in postseason. You've got the NBA still going. You're 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 craving something with the NFL and college football now gone. And college basketball fills that void perfectly. You can watch games during class when you get home over spring break. It's just, it's miraculous. It's beautiful. So college football, or not college basketball, March Madness is up there is the best time of the year. But I tell you what, Christmas sports are great, but Thanksgiving sports, don't even get me started. You've got all the like college basketball invitationals, like the Maui Invitational, the uh, Battle for Atlantis, all these different invitationals stacked to the teeth with teams. Um, you've got Thursday, the, and I'll tell you what, the Thanksgiving games this year are good Thanksgiving games. Praise the Lord. Green Bay at Detroit. Where can I see the spread for these games? 
Bear with me. Bear with me. Green Bay at Detroit. Spread for that game is only eight. Commanders at Dallas. Okay, that's not a good. That's not that great of a game. Could still. I don't know. We'll see. And then San Fran in Seattle. All three very solid games, and they're all divisional games, so they're all going to be close. That's how divisional games work. And then for the first time this season, they have a Black Friday, or the, for the first time, they have a Black Friday game on Prime Video, um, and it's Dolphins at Jets. Um, so who knows? That one could have some interesting events go on there. We'll see how... Uh, We'll see how the Dolphins can do against the um, Jets defense. We'll see how that pans out. We'll see how that pans out. Um, so you've got all those games. You've also got, where is it? Um, I'm trying to think. Crap. Oh! College football this week is also crazy. Tomorrow, Thursday, November 23rd. You know what? Let me just go D1 as a whole. Because there's some just great games across the board. Thursday, you've got Ole Miss at Mississippi State. And that should be a relatively close. I mean, not relatively close, but it could be a close game. Mississippi State battling for bowl eligibility. If they win that game, they're bowl eligible. Um, and then Friday. That's the beautiful thing about the week of Thanksgiving. Is they th- First off, if you don't know... Thanksgiving week in college football is rivalry weekend. So all the rivalry games, classic rivalry games. Some of some of them are even bowl games, quote unquote, like Bama Auburn. That's the Iron Bowl, you know, uh, Florida FSU, the Sunshine Showdown, you know, the Civil War, the Governor's Bowl, the Egg Bowl, all these different beautiful games. And it's lovely. Friday, you've got a full slate of college football starting at 11 a.m. and ending at 7.30 a.m. And it's not even Saturday. You've got TCU at OU. You've got Iowa at Nebraska, Miami at Boston College. Toledo at Central Michigan, I'm pretty sure, is a pretty pretty popular like little rivalry. UTSA at Tulane. You've got Missouri at Arkansas. Texas Tech at Texas, Penn State at Michigan, and Oregon State at Oregon. That actually should be a pretty cool game. Then on Saturday, oh, baby. Saturday of college football rivalry weekend. Thanksgiving weekend is beautiful. Your headliner, 11 a.m., big noon kickoff in Ann Arbor. Oh, ha. this is just crazy. It's the, it's literally one of the craziest games of the year, year after year. This is the fifth time that the game is, um, is played in which both teams are top five. Let me, let me look at the game history. It It's, which if you don't know what I'm referring to, the game is the Michigan Ohio state football rivalry. And it's just, it's just insane. It is just one of the craziest, I don't know. Let me show you. Last year, both of these teams were top five teams. 
and both undefeated. And then both teams went on to play in the college football playoffs. That's how stacked this game is. This year, both teams are undefeated. And both ranked in the top five. Ohio State number two, Michigan number three. And both will be playing in Ann Arbor at 11 a.m. This this is going to be, I hope it's a good game. Because last year it was supposed to be a good game. And about by the third quarter, you're like, okay, Michigan's going to pull away with this one. But this should be a close game. Both teams are looking great. Michigan without Jim Harbaugh. So... I don't know. We'll have to see how it goes, but I'm hyped. It's going to be great. Let's see. I'm going to just scroll through these, kind of pick some highlights of what I think are some solid games. Houston, UCF, Navy, SMU. Uh, What else do we got going on here? TU playing their last game against East Carolina. Hopefully they can pull out a win. That'd be nice. Colorado at Utah. Bama at Auburn. Arizona at Arizona State. BYU at OSU. Wisconsin at Minnesota. Big rivalry game there. Um, What else do we got going on? James Madison at Coastal Carolina. Washington State at Washington. West Virginia at Baylor. Georgia at Georgia Tech, Clemson at South Carolina, Iowa State at K-State, California at UCLA, Jeez. Fresno State at San Diego State, and then two of my favorite teams play around the same time. Florida State at Florida, Kansas at Cincinnati. Florida State, Florida is actually going to be a crazy matchup. First off, Florida fighting for bowl eligibility. If they win this, they go to a bowl game. Florida State fighting to get into the college football playoff conversation. They were ranked fourth in the college football playoffs recently. They just dropped to fifth. They're 11-0, looking great. However, starting quarterback for the Florida State Seminoles, Jordan Travis just recently suffered a gruesome injury against North Alabama and is out for the season. Actually, his college career is over. Um, Graham Mertz suffered a injury and a close loss to Missouri. And so he is not playing this game. So this is a battle between two backup quarterbacks. But here's the thing, the line, this is the, this is the crazy part of it on paper, a fifth ranked team versus an unranked team that is, has, has a losing record. The fifth ranked team should blow them out of the water. But this is the Florida Gators. And the trick here is it's being played in Gainesville, in the swamp. And if you don't know, the swamp is one of the craziest environments to be in. It is intense. It's sold out already. It's already sold out. Um, Battle between two backup quarterbacks. And it's a night in the swamp. I don't know. This could go either way. I could totally see Florida State just pulling it out really, and just kind of kicking butt. But at the same time, I think it's going to be closer than people think it'll be. And I would not be surprised if the Florida faithful rush that field after they upset number five Florida State. Just saying. So that's going to be a great game. 
So Thanksgiving sports are just so S tier. So S tier. It's it's beautiful. It really is beautiful. Now, let's talk. Uh, let's do a brief rundown of fantasy. Let's do a brief rundown of fantasy football. I'm doing pretty good. Eight and three in my marble league, five and six in my neighborhood, seven and three in my church, six and five in like a small group, uh, six and five in a group from TU, six and four in my church, and I'm I have a losing record. I think I'm like four and six in my fraternity league. Um, and then I have picked up fantasy basketball in two leagues as well, but. Last time I talked to you guys, we were talking sports betting. And boy, oh boy, has it been a beautiful ride in sports betting. That day, I believe, I believe that exact day, I published an episode talking about one of my parlays. And it was an eight-leg parlay. That night, that eight-leg parlay hit and cashed out $300. One of the most unlikely things to happen. A $3 bet cashed out $300. I always say it to my buddies. My only regret is that I didn't bet more. Truly, a $10 bet would have cashed out one band. I would have had $1,000 off of that one bet, and I could have stopped gambling. But here I am. After that bet, I was about 160 in the green, which if you don't know, in the green means profiting. In the red means loss. I was about a hundred. I was actually about hundred and sixty in the red, and then between the eight leg parlay and the three leg parlay, I was about hundred and sixty in the green. Since then, I'm around. I'm around sixty nine dollars in the right. Let me pull up a statement real quick. I'm literally gonna generate a bank statement from my betting app. Um, okay, let me pull it up real quick. Okay, so, yes, I'm currently $69, nice, $69 in the green. However, I have four lovely, dovely Thanksgiving football bets that I would like to share with you all. First off, I did some NBA betting, didn't work out too much in my favor, and it's terribly addictive because it's on every night. Terrible thing for you um, unless you're parlaying it with NFL picks, then it's different. And the NBA is so unpredictable, whereas the NFL is pretty stable. So let's talk about these picks that I have out. Now, four of these picks are discounted. So the only way that you can do it is on Sleeper with their Thanksgiving picks, which uh, if you're. Uh, if you're going to use uh, Sleeper, then you should use my promo code. Let me pull it up here. Promo code RF-TDIVE25. Um, yeah, you should do that. RF-TDIVE25. Referral code TDIVE25. RF-TDIVE25. Anyways, four discounted picks. One of them was Brock Purdy passing yards. And so I said... Yep, let's take the over on Brock Purdy passing. The line for that is 189.5, and then I went ahead and parlayed that with DK Metcalf 58.5, over 58.5 receiving yards. I think that'll hit. I mean, I think all these will hit, but whatever. 
Dak Prescott had a 99% off, so it's a guaranteed hit. I, I need Dak Prescott to get a single passing yard. Not that hard. And I parlayed that with David Montgomery rushing yards over 66.5. That also cashes out around $31. I had another bet with Jameer Gibbs rushing yards was on a discount. His line is over 35.5. And then I parlayed that with CD over 88.5 receiving yards. So all of those individually cash out around $31 on $30 worth of betting. So basically, if those hit, I profit about $63. So that's pretty solid. However, I've got a whopper of a parlay up here. Jared Goff had passing yards on a discount, 189.5. Went ahead and took that over. And then I parlayed it with four kickers. Because why the heck not? I need Jason Myers over 1.5 field goals made. Anders Carlson over 5.5 kicking points. Jason Sly. Joey Sly over 1.5 field goals made. And Brandon Aubrey over 1.5 field goals made. If all of those hit, it cashes out $210, profit of $200. It would be lovely dovely. I'd be rolling in some money coming out of Thanksgiving. So we're hoping for those to hit. So the betting has been beautiful. Lost some, won some, lost some, won some. Um, beautiful thing is we're in the green. And boy, oh boy, just wait until I go to the casino. <laughs> that's going to be dangerous. So I believe that's pretty much all the things I can catch up on when it comes to sports um, and my personal sports experiences. Um, so I think that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. It really does mean a lot. Make sure to rate the podcast give it a nice little five stars or four stars or three stars or two stars or one stars whatever you want i guess i don't care but if you rate it it helps me i don't know just rate the episode rate the whole thing give it a five if you're listening you should probably give it a five give it a five feel free to give it a five anyways hope you guys have a great thanksgiving and i'll catch you in the next one